The Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. Welcome to the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Podcast, the podcast of clean and sober, K-L-E-N and S-O-B-R, and SinceRightNow.com, with your hosts in recovery, Jeff, Matt, and no Chris. Matt. Day. All day, every day, twenty four seven. Come on, <laughs> it's our intro. I'll get us a new one. No, no, I'm I am not bad mouthing. I like. I'm just. Uh, here's what I'm gets me excited. It's here's like, what I do. I'm ready to go play a football game. I wish we play this on the bus. We we're going to play Pomona Panthers or something. Man, it's getting me so excited. I love our theme, but the voiceover I want to change. Okay. And you I mean, did that shout out to DJFM.com. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, uh, hey, we were gonna do a. Uh, preamble ramble. Yep. But uh, I think we're going to call in our Andy. guest tonight, Andy, and just get going. And I'll do any do news and notes at the end. So Love listen it. through all the way to the end. All right. Even though that's bad podcasting. Yeah. Um, you're supposed to do it at the front so people can't get away from it. But hold on a minute. I'm going to call in Andy. Okay. And uh, what is it? It's January 10th. 11th. 11th. All right. Hey, Andy. Hello. Hey, yeah. it's Chris calling back. I've got Jeff. Hi, Andy. Hi. How are you? And uh, I know I said I was going to put you Good. on hold, but I think we're going to do all our uh, business at the end. And, okay. Uh, uh, and uh, just get get to get to you so we don't keep you Great. waiting and on hold. Yeah. yeah. So um, I just want to uh, say welcome to Andy Haynes. Um I've been billing you as a real live comedian calling in from the road, which I'm not sure if any <laughs> of that's true except for the... <laughs> I said from stage, but I guess that was a okay. little bit of an exaggeration. Um. <laughs> I wish. No, I had the night off. Okay. I'm at home with my dogs. Oh, well, all right. In, um, in Los Angeles somewhere. Yes. Okay, because okay. yeah! there's there one point you, you might be somewhere. Okay. Might be I was right supposed right. to... Yeah. I was supposed to shoot a commercial. So. Okay, so that's um, So anyway, I, I, was, I became familiar with you. I was telling you uh, in the pre-call, listening to uh, an episode of Put Your Hands Together, a terrific um, show uh, podcast put on by... by uh, this has been another clean and sober... Cameron, Rhea Butcher. Yeah. And, uh, and you mentioned in your set that you were sober, and I thought, well, that would be fascinating to chat with Andy if he'd come on and here you are. And here he is. So, um, <laughs> and I think I also mentioned that I do terrible intros and I'll let you uh, amend or correct <laughs> as, or as needed. But uh, welcome. Yep. Th- thank you for having me. And uh, I think I think um, one thing I neglected to mention is we, we do love to understand how you came to be um, a person, a sober person in recovery, sort of. It's not necessarily the the drunkologue. It's as much as you want to give us, but yeah. um, what got you here? Yeah, but I love hearing the you know the horrible <laughs> Jeff parts, wants to hear it all. Car crash parts. So if there's any of those, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was uh, I've never been uh, I was never very graceful with my consumption. It was like right away when I started drinking as a kid. I I think I you know 
wet my pants and got hit by a car or something silly like that. But, um, but it like worked in high school because that was kind of like epic or whatever, you know, everybody wanted to do something humiliating and, uh, demeaning and, you know, we all wanted those stories. And then, um, when I got a little older, I started blacking out. And then I got a little older than that. I started to get arrested and uh, that was like college and I, I was getting arrested and then you know using my college saving money to pay a lawyer wow. and to to kind of uh to kind of soften the the legal side of my alcoholism like right. you know the actual effect of it and then um you know by my sixth arrest I was kind of like whoa like this is a lot there's a trend <laughs> uh, yeah there's a trend and I <laughs> you know I'd gone to the rooms but I didn't um I didn't, I never heard it just gone to the rooms cause it, it looked good if I was going to go stand in front of a judge yeah. to say that I'd been going to the rooms. Um, and also I was really lucky cause I don't know how I did it, but none of the stuff like piled up. So when a judge saw me, he didn't see that I was, um, coming in there for the sixth time, you Were know, they DUIs are just like drunken disorderlies, mouthing off like, stupid shit. It was like all of it. Yeah. A DUI. I flipped my mom's miles an hour and uh landed in like a patch of trees i was like i was like mr magoo though i mean like i could literally like <laughs> you know just just by the hair of whatever i don't know the phrase but just like i would miss death over and over and over again um but uh you know my dad got sick my dad got cancer but he's he's fine now but it was looking pretty bleak and then i was like still getting in trouble and my parents were kind of like what are you doing man like we got to deal with cancer. Right. We can't deal with, yeah. we can't deal with this. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and I figured it out, but that wasn't the end of it, of course. Um, and I, I started drinking again into my mid twenties. Um, and nothing that eventful happened other than, you know, just kind of being a dumbass, kind of humiliating myself just more on like a mm. conversational level. I'd go up to like a famous comedian and ask them like how they did it, but just, you know, without any kind of, like I said, right. there's no grace. Right. I would just be like, whoa, how do you do it? And they'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then awesome. um, and then I quit drinking around 2010 because it was just like sad. Mm. But I really loved smoking pot and I didn't think that I needed to go into the program or yeah. I didn't really think they were correlated. Um, and so I just smoked pot for, I don't know, I guess I was like, four years because i got sober in 2014 but over the course of that like i had some really huge opportunities come my way and those felt significant and also like you know like they they validated my lifestyle Mm -hmm. not like i was seeking validation at that point but you know nothing was telling me no at that point and then very soon after nothing was telling me no everything was telling me Mm -hmm. no i I lost a very lucrative tv writing job i lost a marriage i I just became like this guy I never wanted to be. I was dating like a much younger girl and I was like living at her place and I was high all the time. Mm. Like I was, I was just high morning, you know, second I woke up, I was rolling a joint Mm. till I passed out smoking a joint. Wow. And it just, it got sad and lonely. And, um, so I quit and, um, then I got into the program. I've done the program pretty, pretty much nonstop for two years and some change. And, uh, you know, like I have sponsees, I have a sponsor, but I, um, 
you know, I have ebbed and flowed on my level of interaction. Like probably haven't been to a meeting for a week now, but you know, at certain points I went to a meeting every day and it, yeah. it kind of comes and goes. That's crazy. I, I, yeah, there's lots in there to talk about, right? There. But the, uh, yeah, the, the pot, the marijuana attempt, the four year marijuana attempt, like, yeah, because I think well, it's, Jeff did that. Yeah, I, I tried that. It didn't ultimately work, but I gave it a good shot. Like, you really want that to work because it sounds like it's going to work. Um, and it seems like in comedy writing too. I think there's something about if you can make it successful, it can be a or it's it's easy to justify, right? In comedy, yeah. I mean, I I still to this day, I, I would say that if I if things have kept going in the trajectory they had been going yeah. in 2013, I would have never gotten sober. That's no way. Funny. It was. Yeah. I was having a blast. And but, did they, they fall apart because of this marijuana smoking or just different reasons? You know, I think they fell apart because of that seed of um, what makes us alcoholics and addicts, mm-hmm. you know, just like that mm-hmm. that ego. self-obsession yeah. right. and the ego-driven kind yeah. of lifestyle and yeah. the lack of the lack of something to tether me to kind of this this world, you know, like yeah. we, in the rooms we talk about, you know, it's a spiritual connection in other places. I don't, you know, you'd, I, I think all addicts just kind of need structure and they need some kind of grounding and I didn't have it. And, um, yeah. you know, I try to, I, I, I tried a number of things, but what it really came down to is I also just like, because I was kind of constantly egocentric, obsessing about myself and mm-hmm. things like that, I was just never present. And that leads to a lot of just kind of awkwardness and rudeness and carelessness. It's just like, it's completely, you can have the best intentions, but if you're in your own head all day, somebody's going to think you're ignoring them. Somebody's going to find you unpleasant. You're going to forget to do this. You're going to, um, check, you know, it's, there's so many symptoms that come with that. So I found that I made, made more stories up in my head about people and reacted to things that weren't true because of the marijuana. You know what I'm saying? Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. So I would have odd interactions with people sure. of <laughs> reacting to something that was totally on me, more so than when I'm sober, which still happens a lot. Right. But when you're marijuana, when you're, it, there's a tinge of paranoia to it. There's this, yeah, and that's ultimately all what, the time. God, that yeah. sucks. <laughs> but yeah, on the flip side, so it funny. is you can you can get to really interesting ideas too. It's bizarre. And so you give it. Yeah, now I just shot, but now get a, a lack of sleep. You know, I'm just like <laughs> you're punch just drunk. Like, yeah. yeah, I'll just get punch drunk, or I'll like exercise <laughs> too much to try to get to those same weird, yeah. weird places. That's I'll funny. eat too much kale. You know, something, something to get my <laughs> my levels off. I really I'm regret this no iodine in my system. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's a kale, uh, that's you know, a kale joke. I love it. It's it is like it's funny because like I do think like a lot of people are able to just like smoke weed and like yeah. just like exist and yeah. d- like they are so uh, serene. Yep. That has never been my case. I was yep. always a maniac, mm-hmm. and I was always like I would meet an old friend on the road, you know, like walking around the street, and I would be like so scared, and it was like why like they're my, like. The, they don't care that you're high. Why are you freaking out right now? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't know how rappers are high all the time because, like, <laughs> right, yeah. they have to yeah. interact with like sexy women and they have to deal with like <laughs> being drug dealers and all this like like the the composure that it must take to do all that. 
That's funny. There's a lot of mystery there, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I, I had a, I had a, I've had a couple of friends that could do it. Like my college, my best friend in college could smoke. He was fine. Like he was could totally function being high all the time. I've worked with people like that, and I just, I'm like, and it totally doesn't work for me. But it, you look at him like, God, what is the difference, right? It's crazy. And I think it's that way with, I mean, just about any substance that we yeah. don't, we, our kind, yeah. doesn't get to do anymore. No. We, there's somebody out there. There's somebody out there that can do it and <laughs> look good doing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't, yeah, like, if you, if you leave me with anything, even if I don't like it, you can leave me with, like, flower-covered dates, nothing even appealing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I will abuse it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's fun. Did you come from a family of alcoholics? Addicts? Is it around? Or did you just pick this up it, by yourself? It's in the tree. You know, yeah. it's like definitely yeah. around, but it wasn't exactly um, like on the surface. And I mean, there was definitely like people not in my family that kind of had symptoms of it. And there's like, you know, there's some there's some heaviness in there. Mm-hmm. But uh, the only person that's like we know is diagnosed as officially an alcoholic is my father's mother who died mm-hmm. like mm-hmm like a 19 i don't even know what era this is but like she died of drinking she got esophageal cancer from Mm. the actual corrosion of liquor you know like she she drank herself to death it wasn't even cirrhosis it was like i think back in like i guess that would have been the 1960s you know you could drink rye or whatever harsh liquors and just just really tear your i mean i i think it's it's probably a uh, carcinogen so It's like drinking a cigarette. Smoking shoe (laughs) polish, whatever they used to do back then. Um, Yeah, it's like the, uh, what is it, the master, you know, like Joaquin Phoenix is like drinking like uh, paint thinner and ether. Yeah. Well, so there's precedent. Yeah. In the tree. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's definitely like there's some other kinds of addiction going on. Uh, My dad doesn't seem to have it. I mean, he loves to like. He wants to relate to it, mm-hmm. but he's the kind of guy that's like, I, I, I decided one day I didn't want to have a cigarette again. And you're like, whoa, I would have loved to know what that feeling's like. Because <laughs> <Yeah, right. laughs> I, I could be bleeding out of, you know, I could be like yeah. coughing up blood and I still want a cigarette. I sure. know it's bad for me, but I, and I, you know, I'm not a, like an endorser of cigarettes or anything, but it's just like, there's something about my brain chemistry that. A wants to blow things up and B wants to uh, do bad things. Yeah. You know? No, I know. It's interesting. I mean, we talk about that a lot. Is there a sense? I mean, Jeff particularly puts a point on it about feeling. What, what do you say that you feel like a, 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 at your core, a, a, when you were active in your addiction, you yeah, felt yeah, like yeah. a. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. I felt like a, just a genetically programmed horrible person. Yeah. I can't remember exactly right. how that is. There you go. But Sorry, it's just, my dog's That's all right. We've got four. So. Yeah. It may happen on this side, too. Yeah, yeah, totally. But yeah, you just feel like that. I mean, and it's funny because it's, it's interesting. I'd love to hear how this, because to be a good comic, right, is mm-hmm. you sort of have to have this outlook or this, it's, it's not a cynical view or what is it? It's, there is something very interesting about the darkness of humor and things like that, that I, that I think, did you, was that all part of your, your, your story where you knew that you wanted to do comedy in high school or when did that all come about? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly. Like I've always been a smart ass yeah. and that was always, and, and, and attention, which is like, we all, I think, 
I don't, it's weird to me because there are those alcoholics. Like I have some friends that are alcoholics that aren't, that aren't in recovery yeah. and they can just like sit at a bar and not talk to anybody. And mm-hmm. like, they have these like very like Spartan, which I would call sad lives mm-hmm. and they don't seem bothered by it at all. But I, I needed <laughs> attention and I needed to get reactions. And a lot of it was negative for a long time. I wanted negative. Um, eventually that coalesced um, into stand up and mm-hmm. um, I think uh you know, I, I, I think it's weird because, like, now I, I, I try not to have a cynical outlook, especially, right. mm-hmm. you know, kind of in the political climate now yeah. and also just, like, Did you read what I've gone through. I'm looking at Chris. I read your post on Medium, that one, right after you. You're calling me out live oh, on Oh, sorry. Mike? I just didn't no, know. I haven't read your okay. post. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, it was, there was a lot of politics to your game as well. So, anyway. Okay. Yeah, sorry. For, sorry for interrupting. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I originally wanted to kind of do political stuff and then i i'm too impatient slash dumb slash immature to like to want to like be like soft-spoken and always say the right thing Mm. which is like you know to be like a real like effective activist i think you have to be like one of those people that never like says you know like if you look at like true activists they're never like i i I go low a lot you know and i say things that i regret a lot but it's like I'm a comedian <laughs> right. and I also can delete a tweet. Yeah. But, um, so it, it just, you know, I, I, when Bush got elected the second time, um, and by the way, like, I don't, I know you guys probably have readers across the board, so I don't want to alienate anybody. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I have mean, my own. Yeah, yeah. You have your own views and we, uh, yes. yeah, well, we're with you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We're, so we're following. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, like I, uh, I wanted to get into politics. That was boring to me and nobody sure. really wanted to do anything like, you know, I, I fancied myself like a Che Guevara at the time. So nobody wanted to do that. <laughs> right. so, so I, uh, got into comedy. I saw like a Bill Hicks DVD and I was like, right. Oh yeah, that's what you do. Um, but the problem is, is that like now I, I don't really, I, I have a lot of things that are good for my life, but they work against my comedy because like, I have a a girlfriend who I'm pretty on on pretty good terms with Congrats. and like we have a pretty healthy happy relationship Congrats. with like thank you yeah <laughs> that's and, hard uh, no matter what right <laughs> well I, I luck out that she is like comes from a family of addiction so she can yeah. kind of like and she does the other side of this you know she does the the program outside of the program sure. if you know what I mean right yeah uh I don't want to out her but um so we have like those, you know, like we have a pretty good life and I like exercise and I try not to smoke cigarettes mm, yeah. and I'm, you know, like, that's not but like, there's a comedy. lot of guys. No, the, the best guys out there are like real monsters and they're my friends, but they're, I mean, like, they're just, they're real bad people. Mm. Um, but in a, in a good way, I yeah. love them. It's just like, you know, it's like, uh, we, we don't want to hear about the, the like safe route right we want to hear about the yeah. guy that like they told you not to go that way and you still did it and then you got robbed and yeah. almost killed and you fell in the river mm-hmm. and you, yeah. whatever you know yeah mm-hmm. oh that's funny yeah um, i yeah that's interesting though i mean part of me when it when that too much of the material relies on that i sort of recoil from it a bit and i don't know even if it's funny like i'll watch getting dug with high though and i i can find mm-hmm. immense pleasure in watching that just because it's hilarious to watch a bunch of high people just get high it's hilarious yeah um to me um 
but uh, I don't know. This is your world, so I don't want to say names. At all. <laughs> but there, no, but I mean, well, there's one comedian who's who's renowned for like doing and trying everything he can get his hands on. I feel like. Um, and and does material length about it, and I, but I don't. That, that's maybe the extreme. But to me, that's not necessary. I, like I don't find that engaging. And I think that guy. I mean, I think I can guess who you're talking yeah. about. I don't know exactly, but you know, there are some guys out there where it it, it isn't working. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the majority of it comes down to not what you actually talk about, but how you talk about it. Yeah. Because there's a lot of guys out there that have healthy relationships and they don't do a lot of drugs True. and. I mean, I know some guys out there that are like squeaky clean, like family guys who have never done a drug in their life and they don't really have any vices and they still are hilarious. There's a guy named Ryan Hamilton that's Mormon, like he's a practicing Mormon Mm -hmm. and that guy destroys me every time I see him. Wow. But, but there's something about, you know, I think comedy really comes into knowing your truth, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. probably like something a lot of sober people can relate to Mm -hmm. because it's like acceptance Mm -hmm. yeah and you got to accept like who you are and like when i'm being the funniest is when i'm in my truth which Mm -hmm. is that like i'm kind of a dorky guy that's always kind of wanted to be a cool guy right and i did some really uh (laughs) self-defacing things to try to prove how cool i was Mm -hmm. and failed miserably and now all i want is like a suburban and like two toe-headed kids and like i want like the most basic things like you know yeah um and um it's it's bizarre though you know because i have friends who are like trying to trying to like have threesomes and still (laughs) you know well i mean like on a tuesday you know it's like they're not even like threesome tuesday yeah like that's (laughs) For the third day of the week, not the second. Right. Um, so, <laughs> oh yeah, that's funny. So your comedy, when you were drinking and using, and then now, it, what's the difference, or how is it? Do you do you see like, oh yeah, I was like, this is how I approached it. Now it's gotten better, worse, easier, harder. I was more successful. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, Way bigger. Uh, you know, it's. It's. I don't know if I've de- definitely found my footing necessarily because it was just. I think the madness of being stoned all the time kind of lent itself to the lifestyle of a comic, and um, it was also. I don't know to be honest because I was in New York and I was just kind of a stoner, and mm. the drinking never worked. Like the second I stopped drinking, things got better. So that was like an obvious thing. Gotcha. But I don't know why. Sense being a stoner lent itself to it and why, I mean, everybody kind of, unless they're actually sober or they don't like pot, everybody mm-hmm. seems to smoke pot in yeah. comedy. It seems to be pretty, yeah. um, uneventful. And yeah. even, you know, nobody ever really told me not to smoke pot. Like there was one or two people that were like, Hey man, you know, you're smoking pot like all day long, like maybe take it back a few steps, but it wasn't really, it wasn't really like a thing that anybody warned me about. Right. Um, it was kind of me going like one day, like, wow, like I'm not really doing anything like I wanted to. And I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of having someone. these, like I'm having these moments where like, I'm like, like where things are going really well and now things are not going well. And I don't know why they're not going well. Cause I thought I was trying, you know, yeah. just like utter confusion. And, uh, 
I, I think that the biggest difference now is just like, I'm pretty happy, you know, mm-hmm. and I, 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 and I'm also able to like take a lot of things on the chin and I'm also able to do a lot more, you know, I, I think what really changed for me was outside of standup was that I got into television writing mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, that's what I do a lot more of now because to do standup, you kind of have to live that lifestyle all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I right. I write for TV and what um, TV? Well, none of it is uh, none of it I'm proud of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I you know it's it's uh, it's kind of like um, I write for Ridiculousness, which is okay, like sure. uh, Red Red State America's favorite television. Right. Um, I write for right now I'm writing for World Star Hip Hop's TV show. Nice. Um, I wrote for a sitcom called Ground Floor for two years on TBS that was uh, had Rory Scovel and right. John C. McGinley and Tyler Skyler Aston and sure. Briga Heelan. Um, and then I've, you know, so basically I've kind of bounced around. I've tried to get back into scripted. I've done some shows that didn't go anywhere. Yeah. And um, that's kind of how, you know, TV writing is like a lot of like, hey, come in and work on this thing. And if it goes, you got a job. But yeah. Yeah. Th- there's literally, you know, 75% of what's going to get to that point isn't going to make mm-hmm. it to the air. So yeah, yeah. The, the job doesn't materialize. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's a bummer because I, I, I really, I, I got this really easy, I got a really easy first job. Like I literally I did Conan in August, that next spring, I went into a meeting, the guy likes standups. He gave me the job, this guy, Bill Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's like uh, because I was kind of an irresponsible dummy in the room and I didn't have any control of my emotions or my tongue, I really kind of – I got a bad rep in that room. And oh. that's kind of how the TV business works is you just like – Get a bad rep? Well, you get recommended yeah, from right. those jobs to of your course. next job. And yeah, because yeah. nobody really wanted to bring me on because I was kind of a nightmare, uh, I've been kind of trying to rebuild that. And honestly, it's like – I. I go back before, back and forth between kind of hating that mm-hmm. situation, but also being really blessed in that. Um, I don't think I would have got sober. I don't yeah. think I would have had these kind of yeah. openings, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's that's so tough. Those those moments of yeah, they're kind of cringe worthy moments of your past, and they take a they take a long time to get past. And I think I've had a few of those. One in particularly of just yeah career fuck ups where you just blow up your career or whatever just do something like that where you but I will say I don't think as much as you look back and say this is this turning point and whatever I don't know if they are that powerful do you know what I'm saying I think you're exactly yeah I mean I think you make probably, a bigger, bigger deal of it than it is and and you look back and say oh I fucked that up so bad but I don't know if ultimately with enough time existence it really was this changer as much as you made it and i think you're right we all need every drink or thing that happens to get to where we are yes you know yeah i mean definitely yeah i think all alcoholics have a tendency to think like you know it's like that thing that you were talking about earlier with being stoned and every situation being awkward it's like we have a tendency to think everybody's thinking about us when in actuality if i probably went back to most of those people yeah they wouldn't have like a specific moment where they were like this was the thing they'd be like Oh yeah, you were just kind of a 
pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, if you said, "Hey, I was," but I stoned. haven't thought about you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't thought about you at all. Oh, you were stoned all the time, and now you're not. Yeah, like. But yeah, that is crazy. But it sounds like you're a working television writer, which is awesome. Right? Yeah, I can't complain. You know, I, I try that's to be good. grateful because yeah. um, like, I make a game. good living. Yeah, I make a good living, and I like I I have a sweet life out here. It's just the differences is that. You know, I want to be on the Emmy Award winning show and I oh, want yeah. the guild money and I want um, I want everything because yeah. I'm a selfish asshole yeah. inherently. Yeah. Um, but it's nice. You know, yeah. it's like uh, it, I'm, I'm working in TV yeah. and that's that's all I could ask for. Yeah. Which uh, that, that made me think of two things. One, the, the line that or, or the when you when I listened to your uh, set, when you said uh, you're less of an asshole now. Right. And I thought, yeah. well, I didn't get that. I, I'm, yeah. so, you know, Jeff can attest. Jeff was my boss for a bit. We've been coworkers, yeah. partners, and he's been my boss for a bit. And yeah. had the unfortunate um, duty yeah. <laughs> to fire me. <laughs> so because I was such, oh, yeah. I, I'd become such an asshole in my sobriety. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, a lot of the past, what is it now, like yeah. six six years or more, yeah. I've spent sort of doing that recovery work that I neglected to yeah. not be an asshole because I was a massive asshole. Um, but so, but did, did, did you look back on those moments and think, Oh, they were cringeworthy, but now they don't matter. Right. Oh God. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I look back. I mean, I'll think about, you know, just, Jeff sat me down one time and said, what the fuck do you want? You want my job? <laughs> right, so, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm like, uh, no, um, but, uh, yeah, no, and we're still here. We're doing a podcast together. Hey, we're doing a podcast. It all worked out. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so you, you're you in the rooms, you're sponsored, you have sponsees. Is there work you do beyond that to, like, address any of that? Do you think about that? I mean, clearly you think about it. Um is there any work beyond beyond the rooms i'm like i don't know what i'm thinking i guess i guess because i'm one of my goals like this year is to continue to maintain my vigilance on in that and and jeff jeff mm-hmm. i'm looking for help out yeah. i'm not as much of an asshole as i used to be no yeah thank you you um, are not but, <laughs> i mean i and i'm I just wondering what work, other people do yeah to not pee i guess because it's I really just have to I have to um just like get outside of myself and I have to practice gratitude yeah you know like I have to get back down to size and I I don't mean to use like I hate like uh AA speak um but you know like uh I do a lot of um I haven't been good about it lately, but I'm, you know, try to do like meditation and I try to practice gratitude Mm -hmm. and I try to like, the new thing is, is like one, one thing about when I was like using was I got married and I got divorced pretty quickly and I, I was a bad partner, but I was also like a bad, like judge of like how a relationship works. Like, Nobody in that relationship made it look like it was a good relationship. Like sure. neither of us like would look back on that now. My ex-wife is sober and um you know like neither of us would look back on that now and be like, "Oh, like how we couldn't have told." You know, like it was like very <laughs> right, right, obvious right. Yeah. that we were not in this for the right reasons and we were not communicating sure. well and we were not, you know, it wasn't healthy. Yeah. 
And, um, you know, so now I'm trying to like, cause I don't, I want to have kids and I want to, you know, have a family and stuff and I'm, I'm not old or anything, but I'm getting older. Um, I want to be able to like still catch with my kid in high school type of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I'm trying to like figure out how to be like a good partner and Mm -hmm. a good friend and all those things Mm -hmm. to, you know, uh, but a lot of it is just like, you know, I think you guys probably know what this is like too, because it's like almost nobody really has to deal with what it's like to be sober and fuck up, you know, like everybody fucks up in life, but like to the, the, there's a glaring alertness of sobriety, even if you are not an addict and you still drink, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. there's, there's just like a, once you get sober, you have a, you had, there's just a microscope on your activities. And once you get to kind of a place of like serenity, it's like, a little less so but like when somebody tells you that you fucked up you're like ah shit okay yeah i know what this is like because Mm -hmm. i fuck up a lot that's kind of my mo (laughs) um so i'm trying to like i'm just trying to like figure out how to you know do those things like Mm -hmm. my girlfriend right now like um not my girlfriend right now my girlfriend i like how i say that like it's temporary um (laughs) she's she's wonderful and i'm like really really grateful for it but like um we've been getting some conversations lately where like she'll be like you like just didn't even try to be nice to me or communicate mm-hmm. like and i don't even see it until somebody mm-hmm. points it out and yeah. it's like oh i didn't like i wasn't nice to you for a whole day mm-hmm. i wasn't mean to you mm-hmm. but i wasn't like mm-hmm. a good partner so mm-hmm. that's funny you know that yeah just listening to you talk about that and the growth it takes to Figure out relationships, figure out friendships, figure out how to be a good coworker, mm-hmm. all that stuff in sobriety. It's like, it is a mystery. It takes a while, and you it don't does. get any of that. But that's good. Like, that's what you're in it for, right? That's what, that's what that you're work. facing right yeah. now. Yeah, uh, and I think, you know, I think, uh, I don't, I don't it's, think. It doesn't like come easy anything. to us, right? Yeah, there's nothing noble about what we're doing. Like, I, I really don't think that it's like we're doing some... It is very important work, but it is important for us. Oh, and yeah. It does okay. make our worlds better, and mm-hmm. it makes thus the people that interact with mm-hmm. us better. But like, um, it is it is a it, it's a gift. You know, it's not a gift to anybody else but us. Right. But if you are willing to like kind of settle into this, and I mean, I'm talking program, but also like just like sobriety, like whatever you can figure out without having to leave that experience makes you kind of like a, a a Jedi to some extent. And there's like really, there's crazy gifts in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it's just like that ability to go like, okay, like what would everybody do in this instance? Yeah. And you go, oh, okay, well, I, I'm not going to do that anymore. Okay, how do I not do that anymore? Like just like instances where like I've had to do 10 steps where I've had to go to somebody and be mm-hmm. like, hey, um, I was talking shit about you to your friends that are also my friends like i literally was talking shit about you i feel bad about that but i also feel like you should know like wow. nobody does that yeah like nobody, nobody does that no. in this world uh-uh. you just go like it, at best somebody goes man i, I shouldn't talk shit about that person <laughs> yeah but <laughs> but to actually go like no the right thing to do is to tell the person yeah and then to see how much stronger your relationship gets yeah, see, I you still know. go, that motherfucker, and I talk some <laughs> shit about that. <laughs> I'm, like, still there. I mean, there. it feels good. But I guess, yeah, I guess some of that is I, uh, not having been in the rooms, like, some of it I have to, like, 
pieced together over the years. And you know, Jeff, Jeff's given me a little props that I sort of have gotten. I've, I've muddled through it, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, you, still, I that's think why you've I, muddled through the story arcs without maybe the details of the yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm, so I'm getting some of the, the details, the right, big ones. Still. Yeah. Um, so, uh, were were there people when you got sober that were like, "Thank God, it's about time"? Or <laughs> I mean, did you have those people, with family, or people, or you know, people in I the think biz or when- anything? Uh, nobody in the biz, unfortunately. I would love those people. So if they're listening, they can come out and yeah. I, I definitely, I know a lot of people. I mean, LA is full of people right. in the business who are sober because it is. Um, I mean, if you just think about the nature of right. wanting to be an entertainer, it is. It almost it fits it, exactly in line with yeah. uh, addiction and alcoholism. Ego like they're almost with inferiority complex. That's right. what it's like. That's yes, self hate and, and need for approval. LA. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, L.A. literally has the most meetings per capita in the world. That's funny, and yeah. um, it's because of that. So yeah. um, they're out here, and I definitely I, I've made a lot of friends in mm-hmm. the uh, in in the uh, entertainment business who are who are trip. sober. Oh good. And a lot of those people That's awesome. a lot of those people were friends who were sober but we didn't really talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then when I got sober, you know, that's the amazing thing about sobriety is those people mm-hmm. will stick their hands out in a way like that nobody does. You know, they'll be like, "Hey, I'll c- come over to your house and we can read the book or, oh, yeah. you know, like <laughs> we can go come to this party with all my friends, we don't drink." You, you know, yeah. program or not, it's yeah. like there's this accessibility that you don't really find, you know, it's, it's another gift of just sobriety where it's like, and also like, you don't have to go to the meetings. Like people just want to be sober. Yeah. And so like, it's like, I, I've never heard anybody be like, like I've heard people go, you're not sober. You can't do this. But I've heard people say like, Oh, you don't go to rooms. Well, whatever. Like nobody's right. not going to let you go to a sober function. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, I would say, the the biggest like moment for that was probably just like the ninth step with the family, you know, mm-hmm. like it was just like, it was a experience that I, I didn't really care about having relationships with my family. Yeah. Like I, I, I still wrestle with like, you know, trying to be show up and want to get on the phone with them and stuff like that. Yeah. But just that instance to be like, to go to my sister who had been like an always rocky kind of relationship mm-hmm. and be like, look, I was an asshole and I didn't know how to communicate with you. And like, I, I fought you tooth and nail when you told me that I hurt your feelings instead of going like, why did I hurt your feelings? Mm-hmm. Like all those situations, those are the ones where you're like, you do it with this nervousness and sure. this kind of awkwardness. But then when you actually get through it, you're like, holy shit, that was, that was amazing. Yeah. Like I, I have a relationship with my sister now that I never would have had had I not taken the time to go like, look, I fucked up. I want to be your brother. And then, um, you know, my parents are still, my parents are like in their early seventies. And so they're very proud of me and they, um, you know, they accept the, they're, they're very happy about my sobriety, Mm -hmm. but I don't know about if they, you know, they, they don't get it to the same extent. Yeah. Sure. Did, did you, um, did your sponsor tell you you had to make all these amends with your family or did you write all these down and know you had to make them or did you uncover like those little things? If you weren't anxious to make them, like, did you guys have to find that together? 
Well, uh, yeah, my, my sponsor did. My sponsor made me uh, do an amends to my ex-wife, which I wasn't super stoked about. Yeah. Um, You're like, I don't know although, that bitch anything. Yeah, but then it was like, you know what? I think I think really who that was for was for me. Sure. And I think I don't know yeah. if he I don't know if he saw that, but um, and then I did it for a lot of my coworkers that I was, um, you know, I I'd kind of like this was when I had been in the TV. I, I I never got to make it to my showrunner because he he was like kind of in and then he was not in and so i kind of just had to suss that off i tried a couple times to link up with him yeah if he's still listening if you're listening <laughs> you're the showrunner i'd love your... to get coffee yeah um he's a devout orthodox jew so i doubt that he's spending time to um get into casual sobriety um <laughs> but um you know um it, it, there were some people that were obvious and then there were some people that weren't so obvious and I mean, it's just like, it's that thing where you don't even think about it until somebody's like, no, you, you, you owe this person mm-hmm. like an apology. Like my stepbrother who I, I haven't completely made that amends come mm-hmm. true, but like just the fact that my sponsor was like, you should go talk to your stepbrother and be like, Hey, I haven't been your brother. Mm. And that's like, that's selfish of me. Yeah. And so now it's like I made that. We had a good conversation, probably more than we've talked in, you know, the 30 years that we've been siblings. Mm-hmm. And we've never been super close, but just to go like, hey, man, like, I remember being kids and you being my best friend for a little while there. And then we just really haven't been close for 20 years. Yeah. What can I do to, like, make this good between us? Yeah. And I didn't really, like, I still don't do a great job of that. Yeah. But now it's like when I remember, I go, oh, yeah, I said I was going to do that. I'll text him and ask him how things are. And it's yeah. that much better, that's you know? Cool. Right. That's, that's Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, that's hard. I, I mean, I struggle with a lot of that because that's all, I mean, just varying degrees of vulnerability, right? And I think yeah. that's my core issue is... is, is You don't want to be vulnerable. Well, I don't know. I think I want, I want to, but... Um, yeah, I, I, I think yeah. Just there's there's this tremendous amount of anxiety around it for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. But well, I think it's also just listening to your amends. It's like you know when sponsees come in and they tell you this stuff, and there's some very obvious ones. But then there's these ones that they don't even see, and you know you, you don't know that these things are the gook that that keeps you from being happy because it's just this way that you've been to people and it's good that somebody's pointed this out like oh no you do need to go make apologies they're not really bothering you at the time but they're the things you still got to get rid of so it sounds like you had a pretty thorough uh yeah i did like i did like 15 and i mean you know there's a bummer because some of those people like i i had some really close friends that i'd always been there was like a we were like a trio and Mm -hmm. we all work in entertainment and they both are more successful than me and they're closer than me and I hated them for it, and I was an asshole about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt really good because I did make that amends. Yeah. We're not that much closer now, and yeah. I don't think it has anything to do with anything mm-hmm. other yeah. than life. Yeah. But that moment where I got to sit down and yeah. be like, "Hey, I own this," you know, this yeah. moment. I will. I I wanted to like. I just had a, a thing. I, I think this is important for anybody who. If, 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 if they're this far, hopefully like sobriety is, is making changes in their life and it's like positive, but my therapist 
doesn't like the program. He thinks it's kind of culty mm. and that's fine. Um, he's definitely like in support of my sobriety, but he doesn't really like appreciate me bringing like program into his office. <laughs> Keep that program shit out of my office. That's funny. Ironically, like I don't see him that much anymore because I have, I have program. Right. Um, but he gave me this article. I think it was in the Atlantic or the New Yorker. I can't really remember, but it was something where they were kind of picking apart AA and they were, it was somebody who was, who was trying to basically talk about how AA is like this weird, like for some reason, the 12th step is like the only solution that anybody takes. And, uh, they're, they're not medically proven. They're not blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. They, Mm -hmm. there's like veiled religion, you know, Mm -hmm. all these things about it. And I think that anybody can say that, you know, it's fine. Yeah. But, um, but what this lady, it was a, uh, a lady writer, I can't remember, but her whole thing was like very obviously that she didn't want to get sober. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and she was she was just going through it. And it's like, yeah. it, it's fine if you don't like dig the rooms. That's yeah. fine. There are like, I think, 10 to 20 different kinds of programs that are agnostic or atheist right. or religious but different that work for people there's also pills you can take now apparently (laughs) that can help you with that um but this woman was like going through this thing and she was like now i bring a piece of paper with me and i mark on it every time i have a glass of wine or something like that and then i i have you know like only i'm only allowed to drink this many and i and for the week and whatever and i just thought about that and i was like you know you were talking about those things that make us drink or use or drive Mm. us crazy and it's that kind Mm -hmm. of living that was like the number one Mm -hmm. just that like when i look back that seemed like the most blaring part of that disease was that trying to control every piece of my life to the point where i was literally marking it down like i I was keeping like a a tally of life god and it reminds me of we had we had somebody on years a couple of years ago a year and a half ago that she literally kept spreadsheets uh excel spreadsheets (laughs) of all her drinking everything she drank (laughs) and i'm just yeah that's a lot of work. yeah that's a lot of work to to be an alcoholic and i think you know it's like uh, it's just that's that's it right there it's like that's what we're trying to get away from it's like you, you you can do whatever you want and whatever works for you is the thing that works for you yeah. But that's not that I don't think people get is not working. That's mm-hmm. not working. No. Well, if funny. you have a spreadsheet that yeah. you may right. update with like how many drinks you had that night, I don't think that's working. <laughs> <laughs> that's I, not a program. No. And it's funny. I think a lot of people, you know, there's lots of people that come in and come out or, or have an attempt to get sober, then go out and then come back and are successful and however many times it take. But in between those times, like when you come in and then go back out, you're the person on the street that's saying, oh yeah, AA didn't work and here's all these reasons. And the truth was, it wasn't AA. You just didn't want to get sober mm-hmm. at that moment. Yeah. And ultimately it does Yeah, happen. It's just funny. Like I've read articles like that and, and I read the same thing. Like, oh, you're just not quite ready to get sober yet. That's and to your point work. though, there are options. I mean, we just, <laughs> oh, we, yeah. we do like a, a road trip every year to some sort of, sobriety aa something or other and this yeah. year we went to uh we well, agnostics, agnostics and, and free, free thinkers in a yeah. convention yeah in austin and uh so you know it's, it's this whole you know convention of people that um we'll keep never. the 
God out of AA. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there were the, like, the keynote speaker was pretty fire and brimstone atheist. You know, he was like the most aggressive atheist I've ever heard. It was awesome. But, uh, um, but, you know, there was, there was a spectrum there of people and what they wanted and needed from AA and how they got it without, uh, that sort of element. And so, you know, it's out there and it's doable. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I, I mean, I think like, uh, I think the only thing is, is like, if you are scared of the religious part of AA, like it's, it's, um, it's literally, um, it's about just like turning over power, you know, it really doesn't have any, for me, I mean, some people it's Jesus, but for me, it's like, I can't control this because I will fuck it up. And it doesn't mean that like, I literally like take the metaphorical Mm -hmm. reins and I hand them to some like. Christo, Judeo, whatever. Like, I'm not, there's none of that. It's just that, like, it's easier for me to tell myself that somebody else has control because I will try to control everything. And I I think a lot of people, like, I I think the worst thing to be if you're trying to get sober is really intelligent because it will fucking, (laughs) we come back to a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you will will logisticize the shit out of it, you know? Well, what if I time travel and I go back Mm -hmm. and I get unmolested? You know, it's like... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. You're right, though. Yeah, if Matt was here, he would, I mean, he would jump on that in a heartbeat. He was the king of of being smarter than his addiction. Yeah, the program's so simple and it just seems so like... And he's smarter than all of us. Yeah. Yeah. You get in there, and you're like, oh, this, and the and the book is from like 1930, whatever. And it just sounds hokey. And you're like, oh, I'm way smarter than this program. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you you listen to Mark Maron? Do you listen to Mark Maron? I do. Yeah. Okay. And you know, he talks a lot about the Comedy Store. Like I've never mm-hmm. been to the Comedy Store, but apparently it's this thing. And you were just at the Comedy Store. Let's talk a little. Comedy I'm at the Comedy Store all the time. Three nights a week, four nights a week. I'm yeah. at the comedy store a lot. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So what's that like? Is it? <laughs> what's it like? Break man? it down. Yeah. Is it break it down? Is it cool? Is it? Yeah. I was like, that's the, the comedy deal, store right? is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The comedy store is it's great. It's like you know, it's I I moved to New York City because yeah. I wanted to perform at the Comedy Cellar. Okay. And wow, I never ever got past there, and it was kind of heartbreaking. But then when I got out to L.A. and some things happened for me, I got past the comedy store and it has just been like it's awesome. It's historically it's great. Yeah. It's, you know, it's where the best comics in L.A. I, I can't say that 100 percent true, but it's like a real good cross section of yeah. L.A. comedy goes through there. Plus, like the world's comedy, you know, like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just this place that just it's. There's something about comedy that I only think I, I I really think it only relates to maybe a theater, but also maybe only musical venues where mm-hmm. it's just like places have it in their DNA. Yeah. And this, the comedy store is like one of those places where you can just tell that like there is blood, sweat, shit, tears, yeah. cum, whatever you want to call it yeah. from everything through that place. And it's it's an old nightclub. Yeah. They got turned into a comedy club and it's, you can feel it. And, uh, it's funny, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of drug use there. There's yeah. a lot of, uh, weirdness happening. I mean, there was one night where I was like, I was literally like sitting in the, there's kind of a patio around the right side of the building. I was sitting there 
and um, a homeless guy was asking me for money. And a guy walked by me dressed in a complete, true to life, like mechanical Iron Man suit. <laughs> like it looked like a robot. He walked by me and he was leaving a show. And then right as he walked by me, Ron Jeremy walked past him. <laughs> and I was just like, what the fuck? This is the, this is the best. Yeah. You know, I don't, I, I can't like... That's amazing. You know, it's funny about it too. Is there's a meeting there every day at the comedy store? At the comedy store oh, in the cool. original room. So there's like at, it's at, funny because like a nooner. Yeah, there's a it's a one p.m. on weekdays oh, and a awesome. uh, and a noon on Saturdays. No Sunday, I don't think. But, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. So it's um, like some nights I go there and I've already been there that day. That's, you know? cool. <laughs> that's really awesome. It's on Sunset, right? Like I, I've driven by it. I know where it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's right in the middle of the, right, uh, right in the, heart the of it all. nightmare that is. Yeah, yeah. And we're uh, out there infrequently, but we are planning our uh, our trip this year, and it, it may may head west. Let's so go to come. LA. We're, I haven't we're, been there in a while. Yeah, I've been thinking about that. We have so a couple fun. things. We, we fun. have friends and fans out there. Um, all right, we're, we're coming to LA. All right, and we're gonna deuce for some so reason. Let me know. I'll get going to the comedy store. We're going to a meeting at the comedy store, and then we're going to the comedy store that night. Oh my god, that, um, that's like a little bit of heaven. Well, that's and we're all going to relapse. <laughs> Great. Um, <laughs> right. um, that's so, so funny. Uh, um, well, dude, thank thank you so much for coming on in yeah. this capacity. And yeah. talking yeah. Oh, and I wanted to say, like, I've seen your ass because it's on your website, uh, and I was yeah. like, that's kind of fun. Which we're going to direct everybody there so they can check. I it know out. if you want to see. Yeah. Andy's ass, you can. Um, and those videos are see my hilarious. Like you've got some great shit on there. I love that Kanye. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. I appreciate so that. Yeah. And then the Trump, the Trump thing, which is was funny. Like you're laughing at that thing. You're like, oh, it's not funny anymore, no, is it? <laughs> yeah, none of it's funny anymore. No, I know. It's so it's it was, such a. It's funny on the side. It's hard. It's hard to like. <laughs> I, I go between being like this, like hopeful, like positive, like right. we're going to do these certain steps to being like, just burn it all down. Yeah, exactly. Let's just burn it all down. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, uh, if, if people want to go to my website, it's um, imandyhaines.com. It's not I am, it's I'm, like, yeah. but without a apostrophe because I wanted to make it harder to get to. <laughs> Um, people got to work for it. And then uh, I have, I'm, a, I'm that across all social media. It's I'm Andy Haynes at Twitter and uh, Instagram too. That's Perfect. Awesome. I'll put that in the show notes and uh, make sure everybody gets it right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So go check Andy out at the comedy store. Yeah. If Please you're in do. LA, we, we have not a small yeah. uh, contingent of listeners in LA. So yeah, go check Andy out. And uh, yeah, I'm Andy And, and uh, yeah, thanks again for coming. I appreciate you coming yeah. to, you know, talk sobriety and recovery with us. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's good. And so this cool, will be guys. this will be up and out tomorrow, about noonish Central Time, so about ten your time. And uh, I'll just I'll post it, and you know, on Twitter or something, you'll see it, or I can email you the link. And uh, and we'll I'll see do you all in LA. The, We're coming to the LA. retweeting and stuff. Cool. Yeah, please do. We will. Yeah, let me yeah. know when you guys are out we'll this way, out. and I'd be fun. Love right. to show you. The um the glamorous uh, showbiz filled sobriety that yes. exists out here. Fantastic. That's awesome. All right, man. Thanks, Andy. All right. Thanks, Thanks guys. Bye bye. Bye. It's time to 
Uh, what time is it? It's nine. Any show notes? Oh, yeah, show notes. Just really quick before this. Uh, on our own dot supply for tees, hats, and totes. Yeah. Um, There's some killer ones. Since right now dot network uh, for all the podcasts on since right now network. A lot and of And what else I got? There's tons of new stuff coming up on the site. We've got a new recovery mix coming out from Ivana Grohovic, and she's Woo! coming on the show uh, in a I few weeks. Um, as are a number yeah! of people. Check out recoveryrenegades.com for all the upcoming. <laughs> Laura Silverman's coming on soon. Laura Silverman's coming back. Love her. Yeah. Okay. Bye, everybody. Another clean and sober intervention.